Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. This past Monday, August 13th of 2018, Lauren and I began a big four-day adventure out in the Wild West, and it ended up being much more elaborate than we anticipated. Here's how all this started. As you probably know, I'm going to be producing a very special wishing machine presentation and workshop there in person in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, on October the 13th of this year. And I'm doing this at the Ruby Theater, which is part of what they call the complex there on Theater Row. And I booked the theater having never been there uh i i had a friend check it out and everything looked good and so you know and it looked great on the internet but i still i like to go somewhere in person if i can before i show up on the day of the presentation just to really get a feel for the place and make sure i know where all the the light switches and stuff like that are right so I it, this started as, hey, let's just take a trip from our house here in Las Vegas to Hollywood to check out this theater. It's a four-hour drive, and, you know, there's no need to rush it, so maybe we'll just set aside two or three days, go there, check check it out, maybe hit up the beach or something like that, and then come back, because, you know, I'm a big beach fanatic having especially lived in the caribbean for years uh so anyway uh i wanted to do that to go there and see that theater and i saw it as being a good opportunity to take some measurements with the dt meter in another state in california now of course the dt meter is the time rate differential meter that ron heath created the one that i used when i found the anomaly north of vegas on my way to area 51 and i have only used it around nevada uh, and so i figured hey uh i'd like to be able to say i've used it in another state now granted ron heath lives in california and so uh he has used it there but I haven't used it in another in another state, and so I figured it'd be a good opportunity to take some comparative results. Uh, I did not want to announce beforehand where I was going to be, for a couple of reasons. For one thing, and I believe this is good advice for anybody, it's just basic security. Um, I don't like telling people where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there unless I'm doing some kind of a public event, and and that's inevitable. Uh, Anybody can have a stalker or some, you know, weirdo or wacko or who knows. No sense even imagining, but uh, I don't like it when people ask me, where are you going to be and when are you going to be there, even if they're friends, to be honest with you, because my philosophy is like, look, I will tell you if I want you to know. So I don't like it when people ask me where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there unless it's a public event that's being promoted. So that's sort of a general policy. And again, that's good advice for all of you. But it also goes beyond that. Speaking of friends, I am very fortunate. As you know, I have great friends all over the world. And I have many friends who live in the Los Angeles area. And if I just get 
onto this podcast and I just say, I'm coming to Los Angeles, then a lot of those friends will immediately feel obligated to invite me to do something, uh, whether or not it is convenient for that person. And, and, and they're doing that because they're being nice. Because that's you know that's why they are a friend. They're being a good good a good friend. But it it could be a burden upon that person as well. And so um, if you're traveling somewhere with a particular agenda in mind, uh, you have to also be considerate of the the people who are there and how your presence is going to affect them. And it's not always like every time I'm in town, you got to take me out and buy me a dinner or whatever. I mean, sometimes it's nice just to go in, take care of business keep your head low and get out and uh, I think that's a uh, part of courtesy which I very clearly see is in short supply sometimes uh, these days but uh, those are some of the reasons why I didn't want to tell you in advance exactly where I was going to go so to drive from Las Vegas to Hollywood again takes about four hours and I, I made this drive like 12 years ago with Lauren actually um, but things have changed a little bit. This time, as we went from Nevada into California, they had an agriculture check there, which I don't remember that. And we were like, what are they, you know, for one thing, we didn't have any agriculture. But we're like, well, how is this going to work? You know, and we just get up to this stop and the guy looks at us and then motions us through. Okay. I wonder how much California is spending on that every uh every year um so as you're driving on that route from las vegas to los angeles it takes you through barstow california and uh every time i hear barstow i can't help but just remember the first line of one of my favorite novels which i bet a lot of you know what i'm going to say is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. That very first line of the book. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. So I'd never stopped in Barstow before. And so we decided to stop there at a place called Barstow Station. It, I, apparently this is an old train station that they've converted into uh, a complex with a number of restaurants and trinket shops. And it was pretty strange. It was pretty weird. It was very. It was kind of claustrophobic in there, frankly. So uh, anyway, after that, pretty soon, you know, we continued our journey. We got into L.A. traffic, which is a nightmare. Uh, props to Lauren for being uh, the greatest driver in the world, uh, especially with such a skittish passenger. For some reason, when I was growing up, I was in cars that always got rear-ended. I've been rear-ended like 20 times, so I just, I really, uh, I guess I have a reflex when it comes to following too close or slamming on brakes. So Lauren does most of the driving, and I work on the the laptop because I have a hotspot and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we get to the Ruby Theater, go inside, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. This is an event that I'm doing for only 49 people. 
Uh, I still have tickets left. If you want to be one of those 49 people to join me in person on Saturday, October 20, or so, I'm sorry, uh, October 13th of 2018, go to joshuapwarren.com, get your ticket there. And um, I then we went out and, and I'm, I'm looking for a venue for a private party that uh, some people have selected to attend after the event. Again, you can learn about all that at joshuapwarren.com. So anyway, when we were done in Hollywood, and I was like, this is great, this is perfect, this is you know exactly what I was envisioning, um, then I'd always wanted to go to Laguna Beach because Laguna Beach has this reputation as being one of the most beautiful beaches in the country. And it took us about an hour and 20 minutes or something like that to drive to Laguna Beach but boy, the whole place, it just looked like a painting. You know, it just typical sort of Pacific Coast surreal beauty with the cliffs going out there into the water with the tidal pools. And uh, you had, you know, it was a very quaint, hilly town. I mean, just really a beautiful place and we were really lucky because we got there without having any kind of real plans or reservations but you know me i'm a manifester and so i walked into this wonderful restaurant called the driftwood and uh i said i don't have any reservations but i'd like the best seat you've got basically (laughs) and the guy was like okay uh well um I can give it to you until such and such time. And I was like, that's fine. And so anyway, we ended up being seated. And I swear to you, the best seat in the establishment. We're right on the water. I mean, the whole time we're looking down, we have the waves crashing up. And in front of us is an absolutely perfect sunset. So we have this marvelous dinner and a bottle of wine as we're watching the sun set in front of us it couldn't have been more perfect and scenic and i swear you'd you'd have thought i arranged it a month in advance really um so anyway that night so 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 we left there we headed back toward closer to la where our hotel uh was we have had a really nice hotel reserved and uh, i actually had to pull over at an applebee's to jump on coast to coast am for for five minutes and uh, or less and and do a little plug with George for the Asheville event coming up next weekend. Can you believe that? It's August 25th in Asheville, North Carolina. That is when George Norrie Live is going to be. So uh, I've done a couple of those little plugs. And I must tell you, honestly, um, you know, I, I've looked into producing a magic trick for that show and but i it's looking like 80 percent at this point that it's not going to happen and the the main reason is it includes a prop that uh is just too it it takes too much structural integrity it's going to be too expensive too time consuming to put this together for a show that is not a magic show you know george nori live is not a magic show uh it's different if you're doing a magic show but if you're just doing a show and you want to toss something in I don't think I'm going to be able to to get this put together properly in time, so that's that's probably not going to happen. But anyway, uh, so we stay in our hotel, and we knew we had a big day the next day. 
Because the next day, we had a private invitation to the Magic Castle. And I can thank my friend Murray, the magician, for this. The Magic Castle, I've talked to you about it before. It's a place I've wanted to go my entire life. It's over 100 years old. It is called the most unusual nightclub in the world. Now, it's a private club. You must have an invitation to get in there. And the whole place is devoted to dinner and drink and entertainment. And you have to get dressed to the nines to go in there. Okay, you got to have a suit and tie. Ladies have to have an evening gown, etc. So, Lauren and I both got dressed in our best. And knowing that they have at least three bars there and drinking is encouraged um, to help with the magical effects, we took an Uber, which... That's, you know, also very good advice because I know people who have gotten DUIs and uh, thankfully they didn't have a wreck and hurt or kill somebody. But beyond that, uh, just getting pulled over because they had one drink too many or whatever, you know, they end up with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of lawyer fees and penalties and they got to do community service and you have a stain on your record look you can take an uber for like 20 bucks just do it do that that's the smart thing to do so we ubered our way first to the roosevelt hotel very esteemed establishment in uh in the middle of hollywood which uh, we figured we'd go there for a little bit before the doors of the magic castle opened because we had an 8 p.m dinner reservation but they opened the doors there at five so you can get there early which is recommended so that you have time to explore the castle but five o'clock is a tough time in la because of traffic so we were like let's go to the roosevelt hang out there you know have a glass of wine or whatever and then we'll take a taxi over to the magic castle so anyway we go to the magic castle Excuse, well, we went to the first the Roosevelt, uh, which is, they say, very haunted by Marilyn Monroe's spirit. I stayed at the Roosevelt in 2012 when I was in uh, Los Angeles working on the Apparition movie. And uh, you may know the story there, but if not, I was uh, the technical consultant for that film, The Apparition Um, The movie was uh, a big commercial bomb, but the Blu-ray has some amazing extras on it, and a lot of people say that the extras on the Blu-ray are the best part of the movie. So, I didn't make the movie, but I was the tech consultant, and I think I did my job very well. When I was staying there at the Roosevelt by myself before, which was back in, again, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe 2010, something like that, might have been 2011 i uh was in the lobby by myself and uh that's when i had my uh, first and only encounter with a high class hollywood hooker who was trying to pick me up and uh, which is interesting because i was so naive i didn't realize what was happening at the time i just thought she was being really nice and uh, when I finally did realize what was happening, I said, oh, uh, no, nah, I, I think we have the, uh, you know, I think there's been a miscommunication here, you know. Sorry I've wasted your 30 minutes <laughs> with this with this banter. So that was kind of humorous to, to show Lauren where I had my, my strange encounter with the uh, Hollywood hooker. 
But we went over to the Magic Castle. We got there uh, a little after 5 p.m. And here's what your experience is like when you go into the Magic Castle, okay? For one thing, you can look this up for yourself on the Internet. It really does look like a big, creepy, haunted, cool mansion. And everybody's dressed up, okay? Everybody's dressed up. And they have valet service there because parking is a real headache in that area. So... When we arrived there, we walked into the entrance after showing our invitation. They want to see your your invitation. We walked in, and we were in a very small lobby, and there was a woman sitting behind a desk, and she took our payment for entrance. And then there is no obvious way to exit the room other than the way you came in. But there is a bookshelf to the right, Oh, no, I'm sorry, to the left, and there is a little owl sitting there. So you have to go to the owl and say the password to the owl. Now, I'm not going to tell you the password in this podcast, but it's pretty easy to get, and once you get it, guess what? That bookshelf opens up, and the next thing you know, you are inside the magic castle it's very dimly lit it's there are multiple levels it's a it's a rambling structure there's at least three bars every crevice has something to explore sometimes you'll find these cool little interactive displays for example they had one devoted to pepper's ghost which is this illusion that basically involves taking a a physical scene putting a very very clear pane of glass in front of it with no visible edges and then projecting um, ghosties drifting around on the glass and it's it's an amazing effect that looks exactly like the traditional ideal uh, of a ghost and uh, in fact it turns out the largest example of this in the world they say is at Disneyland Haunted Mansion ride uh, where you know you have the ghosts playing the organ and the people dancing in the ballroom well guess what we'll we'll get back to that in a minute so anyway um, so we go in and we are exploring this and I'm telling you you got all these areas and there are magicians sort of wandering around just loving every moment of doing tricks for you in addition to certain areas that are just designated for performances the magic castle is is run by uh, a board a bunch of members and in order to get on the board and become a member you have to audition i mean you have to be passionate about performing and we were so lucky so lucky that it just so happens the night that we came there uh they were having a board meeting and so everybody who who was of significance at the magic castle was there which i'll get back to in a second but first off i want to let you know that when you walk in that main room there's a big bar there and behind the bar is a a a parlor with a piano and that is where they have their resident ghost, Invisible Irma. And of course, 
this is not to be taken seriously, but the piano will play itself, and all you have to do is say into the air, I would like to request Hungarian Rhapsody, please. And Irma will play that for you. And so, um, and then they have little, little features like that built into the place. So it's interactive. I mean, there's this one bar you can sit at that has an owl sitting up there and, uh, you can ask the owl a question and it'll nod its head. Yes or no, that sort of thing. And by the way, owls are, um, so prominent for them because, well, well, let me just lead into saying that, okay, I was talking about here how lucky I was. Well, I I found the place was packed that night because they were having this meeting and it's very popular in general. But I got to actually sit down and hang out with Milt Larson. Now, Milt Larson is the man who created the Magic Castle in 1963. He's 87 years old. Okay, I got to hang out with him throughout the night. He's not usually there. Magic Magazine selected him and his family on their list of the 100 most influential magicians of the entire 20th century. So I got to spend the evening talking with him and uh, his close colleague Don, who is a retired radio broadcaster and a member who published the definitive history book on the castle. I mean, like, really think about this. How would you have liked to have been a fly on the wall? So I'm asking them, like, what is the significance of the owl? And I said, my guess is the owl represents wisdom, and he is a mysterious nocturnal creature and uh or you know something like that and that this ties into the idea of of learning the secrets of magic and they were like yep that's it you know like that's it who knows but that's yeah I, i think they were telling me honestly but we had some great conversations and uh for example don said there are only 10 tricks he, 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 has, he has boiled down all of magic and illusion to 10 tricks, and the rest is presentation. And so I said, well, are there some uh, tricks out there that baffle you, you know? That you, and they said, mm, and they had to think about it for a while. And they couldn't come up with something specific, but Don uh, said that some of the stuff that the Asian magicians are doing right now baffles him. So... All right, so I'm looking over this whole thing here about what we did. There's so much stuff, my God. Okay, Lauren and I, when we first got there, we went down into the cellar. And it's a good thing we got there early because there was a magician down there named Jim who just happened to have a a pause in in, in his performance uh, because, you know, he, he's just reacting to people who come down. And he sat down with us right there in person. And he gave us a close-up magic show that was fantastic. It was just Lauren and myself and Jim. So we got this personal magic show. Um, and, he, and he is a 64-year-old member of the Magic Castle. And then later on in the evening... 
I mean, we got to uh, go see these amazing and hilarious uh, magic shows after dinner. As a matter of fact, in the last one, Lauren was selected to go on stage and they had about four or five people draw pictures and the magician would pick who drew what picture. And uh, he actually drew a picture of his own, which matched Lauren's picture. And so anyway, we have the, I, I picked them up on the way out the door. So we have Lauren's picture and we have his picture. So, it, you know, it's just an incredible evening. It, it could not have been any better, honestly. I mean, Lauren got this personal tour from an elder member of the Magic Castle while I'm sitting there talking history with Milt and Don and, you know, close-up magic, great dinner, two-stage shows. I mean, like, we got the ultimate Magic Castle experience. So mark that off the bucket list. Now, day number two. Okay, and and again, I want to thank Murray the Magician for the Magic Castle experience. That would not have happened without him. Day number two, I decided to go to Disneyland because I grew up on the East Coast. And as a kid, my family would occasionally go to Disney World. And I, I went to Disney World when I was, I guess, 18 on my senior trip. But that was the last time I visited a Disney property. Never been to Disneyland. Same thing for Lauren. She'd never been to Disneyland. She grew up in Texas, and she'd been to Disney World maybe once or twice, but never to, to Disneyland. So here we are in our 40s, and we decide to go have a Disneyland experience. A Disneyland experience. And, you know, i got to tell you, um, I believe what I'm going to do here, and I'm sorry if this is annoying to you, but I believe what I'm going to do here is break this podcast up into part one and part two, because there's too much stuff here. Um, there's a lot of stuff here to dig into. So we went to Disneyland and then we went to the Calico ghost town and then we went to Whiskey Pete's and it just like so much stuff was happening. Um, I think I'm better off to break this podcast up into two pieces. So I'm going to stop right now with day... Wow, this is... God, we're only at day two? Jeez. Before even going to... Disneyland. Now that was a very interesting experience as a as a forty year old going to Disneyland, and and I ran into a celebrity, and all kinds of crazy shit happened there. All right, so I'm gonna hold this off right now until tomorrow, and I'll tell you what happened when we went to Disneyland, and then a real ghost town called Calico Ghost Town and then Whiskey Pete's in Prim, Nevada where they have the actual Bonnie and Clyde death car Uh, I'll leave another podcast for you tomorrow, I promise so we'll call this part one part one of what I've been up to for the past few days, but I do want to remind you of this Uh, I sent out an email through my free e-newsletter list and I told everybody look, you've got 
until Sunday. Today's Friday. You've got until Sunday to put in your order for an emerald wand. The last wand I am ever going to make. And it's just because I'm retiring from wand making for others. It's too time consuming. So if you have not yet gotten your emerald wand, please go to joshuapwarren.com, joshuapwarren.com. And at the top right-hand corner, you'll see a picture of the emerald wand that you can click. And when you do that, it will take you to the page where you can watch the video, learn about this wand, and why that you should get it. Um, And, you know, while you're there clicking around, obviously, you'll find a little uh, link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. That's because I try to leave one for you every single day. It's always short. It's always free. And um, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for part one today. Part two comes tomorrow. And trust me, it's going to be a really good part two. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.